Hello, I'm Simon Devereaux, Director of Global Talent Development at Framestore, and a warm welcome back to the Framestore podcast, episode 32, part two, where we're shining the spotlight on the brilliant Framestore training team. Specifically, Bonnie DeRay, Global Talent Development Manager, Jignesh Salanki, Mumbai-based Training Manager, and Kelly Finch, our Confluence and Training Specialist. So without any further delay, we ask you to sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 32, part two. Framestore podcast, our training team special. We're going to get into the geeky bit now, which I'm very excited to hear about. I'd love to get your take because we get a lot of kind of, we ask this question to a lot of artists and producers who have worked directly on shows and our job is to support artists and producers and production folk who work on shows. So from your perspective, um, Jignesh, is if you could recommend one show that truly showcases Framestore at its very best, what would it be? Also translates as the show you would show to an alien what are you going to go for? Oh, yeah. This is a tough one because we have worked on so many fantastic shows. I know. But in the recent past, if I have to name uh, Simon, we, uh, I really enjoyed the Guardian of the Galaxy Volume 3 that we worked mm, on. Yeah. yeah, And even Little Mermaid, like with, with uh, Guardian of Galaxy had some great environment, some great character animations and creature work that we did. Uh, Little Mermaid, on the other hand, was more like a story, like a Disney style of storytelling with underwater scenes and fantastic creatures and everything. That was really great. But mm. if I have to tell one show which uh, really makes me proud to be part of Framestore uh, would be Gravity. Oh yes, celebrating its anniversary this year. Exactly. Yeah. So we we, we have seen like Tim Weber uh, talking about it in one of the uh, VFX Artist React episode, talking about like how they achieved uh, that kind of fantastic visual effects back in 2012, 2011, 12, mm, and 13. Yeah, ten years ago. So ten years ago, almost. Yeah, with those LED on the set and those. Uh, like having those uh, lights interacting with the real characters and then getting those real lights into the CG environment and blending those things. So I think 10 years back, we ahead of that time mm-hmm. back then, yeah. And then today in the pandemic time, we were talking about like LED wall projections, LED lighting interacting with the real onset characters so that we can integrate it with CG, yeah. So I can really brag about it. It's pioneering, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, it was. Uh, back then, as I said, back then in 2012, that technology, what we applied, that, that was groundbreaking at that time. And it still stands up, doesn't it? I mean, I might treat myself and actually watch it on uh, a big screen on the 10th anniversary because when I originally watched Gravity, I was traveling, I was when I used to work at the mill and I watched it on a really bad um, uh, air, airliner. I'm not going to mention the... The, the, the airline but it's one of those flip-up tvs and the screen was all yellowy and it just completely yeah. did the film a disservice um and uh, but i still enjoyed it but i'd love to i need to watch it on a big screen i think with the 10th anniversary this year because uh daniel mizuguchi mentioned this on an early episode of the podcast it was his it was his big show as well and he yeah. talked about how you know tim weber is is almost up there at the start of the credits rather than hidden in the depths of the uh the credits after the carpenters and the, the plasterers, you know, typically is what we have on most shows. So um, a great start. I don't know how Bonnie and Kelly are going to follow up uh, from that. I can see Bonnie kind of kicking herself. I bet she had gravity lined up. So I'm going to give Bonnie a bit of time to collect her thoughts and ask Kelly what your recommended um, Framestore showcase show is. 
I mean, I haven't seen all of them, but uh, the most recent one that I saw that I, I really liked uh, was was Barbie. <laughs> I really yeah, liked. Yeah, I've noticed you're wearing the hoodie. I am. I'm wearing. I am not yeah, enough. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I was like, I saw that, and I was like, I got one for me and my boyfriend. I was like, we need that. <laughs> we need that hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> Matching hoodies. There you go. I mean, actually, it's 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 got a lot more VFX in there than you would think, but um, it just blends in so well to the world, and I, I just honestly, I just thought it was such a such a fun movie to to watch it was so funny yeah and it's such a cultural milestone as well i mean it's i feel quite proud to be involved in particularly that the, the barbie movie and the whole you know barbenheimer kind of yeah ipr stunts you know whatever you want to call it that was one of the best things this summer <laughs> to be part of what that mess the message in that movie and what it stood for not just in terms of great visuals i mean that first I would say segment of the film, which is all in Barbie land, looks incredible. Yes, it's incredible. I've actually just got back from a View conference in Turin, and uh, Glenn Pratt was there talking about he was um, premiering the VFX breakdown at View just as I was leaving to get my flight home right at the end of yesterday on Thursday. So I'm gutted I didn't get to see that because uh, it would have been amazing. I'm sure we'll get to see, it, of course, because you know he's part of the Frame Store crew, but. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's interesting, actually. I love how Jignesh's kicked off with almost that frame store legacy, the Oscar winner, which we didn't mention. It won the Oscar, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Gravity. Then Kelly, you brought us bang up to date with Barbie and what it stood for, not just great visuals, but just a great message and a cultural milestone. I'm applying the pressure here because I'm expecting a big finish from Bonnie. <laughs> Bonnie. Give us a big frame store show. What's the what's the frame store show that you would show to a, a visiting alien to exemplify what frame store does? Well, let me kind of give a bit a bit of like explanation because I was going to say gravity, but it, it's actually to showcase the evolution that we make constantly. So you know, we talked about our documentation, how we work on ensuring that everything is updated, mm. that we're evolving our tools and all of this. However, we are also evolving the way we work. We're researching and developing constantly mm -hmm. new things. Yeah, I think gravity is proof of this. So mine is going to be flight. Ooh. So a short film that we've recently created, it was actually created by Tim Weber's team, um, but flight really can showcase how we constantly push ourselves mm. to the brink of like the technology and, and how we can make sure that we are maximizing everything that we have and everything that we know mm. and pushing even further. Wow. It's the Tim Weber fan club here on the Frame Store podcast. Tim, if you're I listening, know, right? we're getting, you're getting a lot of love on the pod. Yeah. A lot of love, a <laughs> lot of love. Big shout out to Tim. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Actually, I think I was, um, might have been at FMX. I was, I was FMX when the London team got to watch flight. So I've not seen it yet. And I think I've got a shout out on the credits. Because I let the team use the uh, the training room. I think you did. The training room was, uh, yeah. yeah, I thought you can use it. So all I did was do a room booking. So not sure I deserve a credit, but I'll take it. So, <laughs> anyway, yes, Fly, absolutely. The uh, the new Unreal Pipeline. It was a big, like I say, huge part of innovation and actually uh, will land us in good stead with a whole new tool set. So yeah, great answer. Well done, three. Amazing. This is working, right? This trio of guests is working. This could be the start of a departmental showcases where we bring teams in to talk about what they do but we set the standard here on episode 32 next question which again we're getting into my favorite questions now we've done all the kind of who you are what you've done favorite projects yada 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 now we are into 
the common myth question, which I love. So I'm going to start with Bonnie on this one, which is what is a common myth about your job role or field of expertise? What do people often get wrong? Mm, that I actually need to be technical to do my job. Ah, yeah. I think you need to learn things. I think for me, something that is uh, fairly common, you know, misunderstood is that I am not and I do not need to be as advanced as an artist to actually understand what's mm. going on. And it's quite misleading because, you know, we are in a training team. People are assuming that we understand everything, which I think it's, it's, it is the case that we, we understand most of what they're talking about. Because realistically speaking, we are pushing ourselves to learn more and more mm. from the business. So at some point, uh, we do understand what they're talking about. But the reality is, it's a myth that you need to be technical to start in the training team or in my job. That's a great answer because, you know, the, the expertise is there. That's the one thing I learned really quickly coming into Framestore was we, yeah, I mean, I think it was Andrew, my predecessor, who talked about everyone at Framestore is a student and a teacher. And that's something that I held on to before I, I came and I listened to a podcast Andrew did pre, uh, pre me joining. It was really interesting. And, and it, it really rang true when I came in and it almost kind of like, it's almost quite empowering to know that, you know, you've got people in the business who built the tools, who understand the pipeline and who better to train on those tools than the people who work with them day in, day out. We're not going to be working on any shows any day soon. I'm going to put uh, Jignesh on the box at, uh, in Mumbai and start kind of creating the next, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy movie. But, you know, it's about understanding the beats and the pipeline and the, the terminology and the software without necessarily being somebody who can uh, necessarily work with the tools. Is that fair to say? Uh, Jignesh, I'll, I'll bring you in on that. Yeah, yeah. As Bonnie absolutely mentioned, it, it's a common myth that people think that, oh, you are in training, you should know everything. You'll be aware about every tool and every button in Maya or new, but it's not the reality. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You just need to be adaptable. You just need to get a little bit out of your comfort zone, learn new things and be able to pass it on to the other guys. But it does not mean that necessarily you know everything or every button in that particular yeah. software. Excellent. So why don't we stay with you, Jignesh, on the myth? I mean, is yeah. that a myth that you share with Bonnie or do you have a different answer? I definitely, Bonnie, she took my answer away. Like I had that one top thing in my mind that people understand that since we are in training, we know everything, but that that's not the common one. I would just, not a common myth, but I would just like to share something which was not common for me. I, uh, I'll take this platform to share it. Once someone told me uh, that you, hey, you work in a, in VFX studios, so you meet the stars of the movie very often, right? Did you meet them? You shake hand with them. Did you have met Iron Man? Have you ever like Robert Downey Jr. or anyone? And like, not really. No, we we do VFX for <laughs> companies, but then we are not on set. Yeah. So people sometimes not again a common myth, but they feel that mm. since we work on VFX uh, movies we get a chance to meet the stars on the movies and shake hand and click selfies and all those kind of stuff, which is not the reality. I, I, yeah, yeah. I had my cousins and friends asking, I, I would say like the younger one who are in school, maybe in like fifth grade, sixth grade. I remember one of my cousin asked me like, hey, can, can you recommend me? I want to really work in the advertising company. I want to go into that advertisement, which we see in the television. I'm like, no, we don't work on those parts. We work on VFX, but we don't go and shoot and we are, we are not that kind of a studio so sometimes people have misconception that we meet stars and we know them have a cappuccino with uh, yeah. Downey Jr or you yeah know, eating bagels with uh, Scarlett Johansson you know it's not, not happening that's interesting that's interesting I've, I've come across that as well okay so some really interesting uh, common myths here Kelly 
Anything to add to that or do you concur? I, I don't have a job that's that common, I feel like. So I don't think people have any preconceived notions no, of what true, I actually. do. Usually people are like, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> or if I say I work for a VFX company, they're like, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> or if they like ask for the name of the company, they'll be like, who's that? They'll, they'll think I, I don't know, like I sell frames or something. Like I sell picture frames or work for a picture frame company. <laughs> and I'm like, so then I'm just like, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> Yeah, selling frames, varnishing <laughs> them, selling them down. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, let's stay with you, Kelly, on the next question then. Because uh, you're right, actually, it is an uncommon role, isn't it, yours? So I don't know, maybe you should change the questions to uncommon myths. But uh, let's get into the next question, which is around lessons learned. And Kelly, what's the most important lesson that you've learned over the course of your career? And that doesn't have to be a frame store. It can be from your interning days or anywhere in between. So... I don't know if it's like really a lesson, but it's just something I guess I've learned um, is uh, so there's this um, Agatha Christie quote that's like the best time to plan a book is while doing the dishes. Mm. (laughs) So uh, it's like sometimes creative inspiration comes out of the mundane everyday parts of your life. So in times when I'm doing something that doesn't seem like it's very exciting or I just have to do the daily tasks, sometimes that's when I can my mind's just kind of calm and something creative will will come out of that Mm. that's when i'll have a spark of inspiration like oh this is what i need to do or this is what's going to fix this or this is what's going to this would be a good idea Mm. so i don't know if it's really like a lesson but uh... it is i mean it's it's, it's all relative i mean the question is just most important lesson learned over your career so it could have been something you read it could have been something you watched or it could have been something that you did or you know whether it's a mistake or a learning experience but uh I think there's a lot in that. And actually, I mean, some of the best uh, ideas I've ever had are either when I wake up in the morning, I'm one of those people that I oh, I should have like a notepad next to my bed, but I never do that. And I should, you know, it's almost have it around your neck. You know? um, but, you know, it's the classic thing, you know, you get your best ideas in the shower or going for a jog or going for a walk or, you know, I get them, like I listen to a lot of podcasts and uh, audio books and it's like, oh, wow, that's, a, I didn't think of that. So, yeah, I, I like that, you know. Washing the dishes, thanking a big up Agatha for Christie. Good shout, really good shout. Uh, what about you, Bonnie? What's the what's the the biggest lesson, the most important lesson that you've learned over the course of your career? I'm not ready yet. What? I'm looking for what? a quote. I'm looking for a specific quote. quote. Right, Sam, keep that in the edit. That's hilarious, uh, Jignesh. <laughs> She's looking for a quote. An insight into Bonnie's thought process is there. I need an inspirational quote to drop. No, I know, I know the idea, but I want the quote that goes oh with it. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I'm sorry, I started. All this. Right, sorry, sorry, Jignesh, it's defaulting to you. Have you going to hit me with an insightful quote, or are you going to give me a, a lesson learned? Yeah. See, this is the this is the advantage of being in the early time zone, Bonnie. I already made my notepad like prior. I know it's early for you, but I had a whole yeah. day to make it. It's like 5 p.m., 6 p.m. for me right now. Yeah, Jignesh has been for a whole day prepping. Yeah, <laughs> in between the meetings, yeah. Well, come on then, come on in, Jignesh. What's the most important lesson you've learned over your career? Yeah, I think it's, it's uh, one of the most important things that I've always learned is like, it would really sound that I'm talking like a t-shirt. It's, it's, but it's like, never stop learning and never hesitate to come out of the comfort zone and like learn mm-hmm. because we are in a field which is about the science about the, the science and the art and also related to technology mm-hmm. and everything i think it's it's about always be adaptable to the situations always be open to learn new tools because we know we are living in a very dynamic world technology software tools workflows keep on changing so mm-hmm. yeah 
just don't fit yourself into one comfort zone love that come out of it try new tools keep learning uh, that that's what i've learned here yeah, yeah. That definitely speaks my language there, Jignesh. I mean, I, I've mentioned it on the podcast a few times about, you know, nobody ever reaches mastery, whatever level you're at. Nobody ever gets to knowing everything about their craft because there's always something changing. There's always a new way to look at things, do things differently, get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. A great answer. So, so Kelly, we've got, again, it's all the pressure's on you again, Bonnie. You, you, you're creating these situations where Kelly drops Agatha Christie quotes. quotes. Jignesh has got his own quote, which is pretty insightful. <laughs> So, Bonnie, what, what have you found? What are you going to hit us with? So, so <laughs> let's kind of take a step back. I, I had been, before moving into training, like 15 years in recruitment, a mixture of training in there and working in a lot of different industries and working with great people. But at some point, I realized that even though if I, I loved recruitment, it mm -hmm. was no longer for me. I, I needed something more. And there's two quotes that kind of struck me during that period when I was rethinking this entire, my entire career, basically. You're lying. You looked at these quotes in this very exact moment. <laughs> no, both of them, like one of them is actually on my Facebook and the other one used to be on my LinkedIn when I was a recruiter. So I use both of them. So one is live. Life is simply too short. And that is on my Facebook and it's been there for years. And <laughs> you have to like qualify that with it. And it's been there for years. <laughs> I put it there because I didn't know what I wanted in life anymore. Mm -hmm. And and I wanted to repurpose me because I was no longer having like that flame put into my work. So for me, I put that in my Facebook just to kind of motivate me and try to find what can I actually live for that's going to ensure that I'm super passionate. And then there's this other quote from actually Mary Poppins. Hmm. Everything is possible, even the impossible. Oh, I thought you were going to say super casualistic expialidocious. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> or a spoonful of sugar helps, helps the medicine go down. <laughs> for me, that one, it's basically ensuring that I'm pushing myself every day. Because even if we think it's impossible, it can mm -hmm. be possible. You just have to find the right way to go at it. Yeah, not like that. So for me, it's just about pushing yourself and never settling, basically. I love that. Brilliant. I love, I love how we can go. It's the first episode where we've got quotes for um, the important lesson. Clear, clearly, I'm talking to a training team here. So uh, yeah, I'm, again, I'm here for this. This is excellent. Also, another important lesson. This is very important. Mm -hmm. Don't leave your favorite pens lying around because people will steal them. Oh yeah. I know you were stealing my pens, Jerry. <laughs> You're listening. <laughs> Jerry. He stole all my pens. Do you know what I used to do, Kelly? I used to put my name on it. It sounded a bit psychotic. Yeah, that, you know, it doesn't always work. People are just like, I'm just gonna borrow this real quick and then all your pens are gone. <laughs> I used to put stickers, my friend, I started that in, in high school. My friends that have known me for that many years, they know. And, and whenever they, they come at my place and they look at my pens, they're like, Bonnie, where's your name? You know. Everybody's looking for a good pen. Yeah, I know, they know right? a good pen when they see it. It's the old, like, it's the smoke and mirrors trick, isn't it? The almost the uh, the misdirection where somebody asks to borrow a pen to write something down and they walk off for it. It's kind of like the, and then about half an hour later, you're like, going, wait a minute, did they just walk off with my pen? So, yeah, there's a lot of uh, pen <laughs> sharksters out there trying to take our pens, people. 
Right, anyway, getting a bit pen-centric on this episode. We've still got a few questions to get through. So they're the uh, the important lessons. Who's been your most important professional mentor, Kelly? Who is the, the person out there that you would cite as being the big mentor? Or do you have a series of micro-mentors, as we've discussed on the podcast previously? Is, it, is this the, uh, this is the moment where I sing your praises? That's when you all say <laughs> Simon Devereux is the most inspirational man. <laughs> no, in all honesty, though, I mean... Um... Uh, I, I think you and Bonnie have been great mentors to me, oh. great supporters of, you know, my, my career here at Framestore. Um, I have to give a shout to Casper Jelly, who's, who's I'm, I'm in the global mentoring program, and he's been an insightful person to talk to who's been in the business for a while mm-hmm. and um, also uh, is a great therapist for me. <laughs> and, uh, and then I guess, you know, before that, I don't feel like I had a lot of career mentors, but I would say that a lot of things that I uh, maybe refer to or, or, or learned important information or skills or lessons from would be my, my professors in yeah. college. Um, uh, you know, I, I think all, a, a lot of the most important things I learned would, would be during that time as far as maybe a, a, a career is concerned. Okay. Any professors you want to shout out on the podcast? Steve Cooden was uh, was somebody in my last year. He was uh, a screenwriting professor. I think he ha- actually has his own um, podcast Does he? as well. We have a lot in common then, don't we, me and Steve? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Nelson Shipman was also one of my first, he was he was my first screenwriting teacher. Cool. Um, and I think I, I learned a lot of uh a lot of important foundational mm. uh, things about screenwriting from him. Uh, and then Rick Hawkins, who was also another screenwriting teacher, <laughs> wow, <laughs> but he also screen- done yeah. some producing. And what made them great mentors? What was the one one characteristic they all shared? I, I don't know. I guess maybe it was just because um, screenwriting was one of the things that I was good at and was most interested in. And so I feel like maybe I took in a lot more of what they said um, because... I don't know. I just, maybe I had a stronger connection to it. Um, and also maybe because, uh, you know, they recognized that uh, screenwriting was something that I was, uh, I was good at. So maybe they just took the time to give me helpful critiques. And, and then also my advisor who was, who he was actually the um, producing and, and later sound editing uh, professor, Andrew Hallitz, um, because anytime I had to meet with him, I don't know, just like some, his perspective on things, just like just information that he gave me just felt very valuable. And it wasn't just about things in um, school. It was, it was just kind of like good, good knowledge just mm. to apply to your life. Love that. I love that. Nice balance, isn't it? Of the kind of the personal and the or specific when it comes to craft, whether it be screenwriting, talent development, whatever. Right. So I think there's a nice, nice balance there. Thank you for sharing that, Kelly. How about you, Jignesh? Who has been your A1 mentor that's uh, inspired you over the years? Never really had like one specific mentor, Simon, that I can Mm -hmm. uh, take the name here. But I would definitely would like to appreciate the kind of support that I got in my early days when I was learning this entire thing about animation and visual effects. Yeah. Uh, so, so the trainer who was there in our institute back then, he himself, he was not very good with the technology, specific, especially with like Maya in the sense, but then he was so inspiring that he always used to show us the way how you can learn, like do self-learning back then. Like we barely, we had like Google, we had like very slow internet at that time, Mm -hmm. but he always showed us like how you can find things in books and how you can Google it. And then we used to like 
copy the pages into floppy drive and take it to institute ask him questions and oh, those wow. kind of things so yeah i'm like long history but yeah so I, his name was anand anand rajwanshi so he was my teacher who like taught us maya and few 3d tools back then so he was great after then uh, of course where, wherever i started working a lot of like my senior mentors senior faculties who were there in academies who taught us many things and then when i was in graffiti uh, the studio was owned by uh, mr ram mohan sir ram mohan late ram mohan sir uh, he's no more he 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 was he's still known as the father of indian animation industry oh wow so he yeah so he he was a great mentor like he was so down to earth he used to come and talk to us talk to the students explain us about like the fine art of filmmaking and editing and the importance of pre-production and storyboarding in any filmmaking process so yeah so he he was one of my greatest mentor i can say who really taught me about like the art of filmmaking i can say and the art of wow. like yeah characters animation and like the oh, those 12 principles of animation how to apply it into filmmaking and all those kind of things so wow, awesome. a, a big shout out to him yeah. what a great grounding for the dnag role and now the frame store position as well we're really understanding the craft of cinema not just uh, <laughs> yeah not just the vfx training exactly. piece exactly. you know yeah. like Meyer and the, you know to actually understand character and storyboard that's great yeah and to have such a great mentor at the time so it's embedded it's very easy to go on courses and just get taught stuff and then it kind of gets forgotten if it's not really yeah. truly taught or truly mentored or truly shared you know in a meaningful way so i think that's a great example yeah it 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 goes back to what 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 our like our, our design team does it goes back to what our pre production the fps division does it's really important to have like the story and the planning before you actually go on to shoot and start making like films right it's it's the pre production it's your homework that you do before that will lead to a good storytelling piece of cinema out there yeah it all pays off doesn't it yeah and uh, lastly i would definitely say uh, as i said like i had a lot of mentors but my students to whom i taught nice. let me tell you simon like they they were one of like best mentors or like best teachers for me because the, those fresh minds they, they always had a different way of looking at things and a different way of like mm-hmm. to reach a particular goal to do that stuff yeah so i have as a teacher i of course i have taught them a lot of things but then i have learned a lot of things my students as well it was always like a two way so my students were one of like good set of mentors for me as well i can say yeah from yes, whom i learned a lot of things in my life that's great and that breaks the breaks the mentor myth that your mentor has to be older than you and i agree i find i learn more from the next generation of talent rather than necessarily somebody who's been in the game for like yeah. 30 40 years so i think it's a it's nice to have a balance of both i think in terms exactly. of perspectives that we talked about earlier in the podcast actually didn't we about the different perspectives in our team and and that can be really enriching and really really um really meaningful too so i think yeah great great examples folks we're killing this episode which uh, in, in a good way of course not in a bad way um, uh, bonnie what's your who's your um, most important professional mentor in your career who would you cite So Jignesh is kind of hard to follow. Yeah, that's that's kind of a, I'm sorry, Bonnie. That's a big one indeed. I'm making it hard for you, Bonnie. Sorry. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Um, yeah. so, so for me, I think I was lucky enough in my career to have amazing bosses that always turned out to be actually mentors and really helped me kind of grow every time uh, I change roles or I change companies. Um, I think I was lucky that way where, you know, every role that I took on helped me grow as an individual, but also as a professional. Mm-hmm. Same thing for you, Simon. I, you're, you're teaching me things every day, which I think is, is great. And one of the, the 
I think most influential person so far in, in my life, there's been, again, there's been multiple people. I can count my dad, my brother, who's super inspiring. But I'm going to say for Framestore more specifically, I'm going to go with Steph Bruning. Hmm. Um, so I think Steph has been my, my sounding board mm-hmm. uh, when there were like difficult times, even prior to you, Simon, being here. Um, I think Steph is, she's been, first of all, in the industry for so long. And as, as a strong woman, for me, she kind of embodies everything that I want to be. Um, and, and I think she has a unique perspective on sometimes how to approach things because of her experience in a kind of male driven industry, even though a frame store, let's be honest, our management is, is mostly women, mm-hmm. yeah. but, uh, it's actually quite rare within our industry, Massively, yeah. which I think is, is simply amazing. And, and we have a great opportunity to learn a lot from those kind of strong, empowered women. Um, that for me are, are really being kind of an ideal there. Mm. So yeah, Steph has given me like her perspective on a lot of like different elements and it, it really helped me grow uh, into certain things and how I approach things, how I think of things. So I think that on that front, I'm going to say Steph. Brilliant. Yeah. What a great example. Yeah. And again, Steph has such a wealth of experience for sure. And, uh, and yeah, I, I'm glad you touched on the, the, the strong female leadership we have at Framestore because I mean, it, female leaders have literally run the business right so you know mel sullivan down it's uh it's yeah. incredible and a uh, privilege to be part of that team for sure um bonnie i'm gonna stay with you for the next question which is uh, again a bit of an interesting one so you, you don't have to you're not, you're not gonna be the tough act to follow on this one or you will you will be potentially which is underrated tools what underrated tools are indispensable for you to the job of a global talent development manager bonnie I think Sam is going to laugh at this one. <laughs> Screen to GIF. <laughs> Screen to GIF, which is honestly has been one of the tools that nobody talks about, but that is, I found nowadays essential to do my work simply because it helped visualize, you know, content that you want to show someone without doing a full on video. So it gives you snippets of, of you know, content that you can show people without being overwhelming. Um, So for me, that's the tool. Can you explain to our listeners what screen to GIF is? Mm. Sorry. So basically it's creating a GIF Mm. or GIF. I don't know. I say GIF, but maybe it's it's GIF. Okay, GIF. I say GIF, but my boyfriend tells me I'm wrong and I tell him, no, you're wrong and it starts fights. Reminds me of a whole conversation (laughs) on previous episodes where we talk about, is it scheduling or scheduling? So now we've got, is it GIF or GIF? We'll never know on this episode. No one listens to it. Okay, let's just say GIF. All right. So screen to GIF basically allows you to record a small section of what could have been an entire video. So mm-hmm. you hit record and then you can act for a few seconds and it records it and create a GIF for you. Okay. So it's a pretty straightforward way of creating tiny sequences uh, of videos, which allows you to clearly show users how to do something. Interesting. Thank you for explaining that so eloquently, Bonnie, as well. Um, so screen to GIF or screen to GIF, depending on what your preference is. Um, underrated maybe we should make it more rated it sounds great I need to play around with that a bit more uh, thank you Bonnie what about you Kelly do you have a similar kind of underrated tool or something completely off-piste levity 
<laughs> the underrated skill of levity. Uh, actually, I like to use this um, tool called Cool. Well, it's a it's a site. It's a website called Coolers. C O O L O R S, not sponsored. <laughs> um, but they, <laughs> it, it's a it's a color generator. So whenever I'm maybe uh, designing a space in Confluence or or some other piece of content, and we're not necessarily branding it, then I, I might want to use that color generator as inspiration to either find different colors or find a palette that I like or like things that complement each other. So um, yeah, I, I, mm. I don't know. I, I like that. I like that site. I love that. I feel like this is a, a kind of a call out for, for any sponsors out there because we could be sponsored by any of these <laughs> platforms, right? We'll, we'll take it, you know, if, if they're listening. Okay, interesting. Okay. Yeah, color palette generator. What about you, Jignesh? What's your underrated tool that gets you through your your tasks and your day yeah we don't currently use it simon in uh, right now here but i have used uh, again not sponsored but uh, <laughs> adobe captivate okay uh, it, it's a really nice tool adobe captivate yeah it's wonderful to like uh, record videos edit it on the go make quizzes package it as a course put it into any of the like learning management or confluence and all those kind of things yeah so i think adobe adobe's uh, captivate is one of the greatest tool i miss it i had used it uh, maybe we we can uh, talk about it later on within yeah. our one of our team meetings yeah but great. it's one of the greatest tool i have ever seen yeah like screen capturing like creating html pages like kind of packaging the entire thing into like a lms like scom or like tin can again sorry for throwing some that technical words but it's yeah it's 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 i believe it's one of the underrated tool out there overall in in training space yeah, yeah it's quite interesting you've all gone for kind of like a piece of software or a kind of on like a technical tool which again is quite revealing bearing in mind this is the the training team uh, special of the podcast but yeah. i love that you've all gone down that that route i think that's really interesting and then three three platforms three tools that i'm not aware of so they clearly clearly are hiding in the shadows so uh yeah um we'll put them all in the show notes and people can do their own investigations for sure but uh, a great a great set of answers which brings us into kind of the the final few questions now so we're kind of heading into the big finish and um, this is where we get into the really meaty questions, which is uh, the piece of advice you'd give someone starting out in your field. Now, I'm going to propose, this is an experiment, right? I might hit you all collectively as a trio here and see what you come up with or maybe have your own dialogue for the next few minutes. But the question is, literally, what's one piece of advice to give someone who wants to work in training, learning and development or talent development? I mean, we go by many names, but essentially somebody who wants to work in a visual effects training team such as ours? I can actually start. I think having worked in, in recruitment for so long, I've always provided advice to people that were starting in a new company, mm -hmm. no matter their job. And I think it's still highly relevant, which is basically ask questions. Yeah. As most of you know, I ask questions and Sam also does. So I don't know what you're talking about. I know everything. But the yeah. concept is we ask questions and, and it is important to not be shy and not to keep it and in internalizing our questions. Mm -hmm. um, I think the best advice I could give for anyone basically starting in a new job is not being scared of asking the questions you think are dumb questions. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> if you don't ask questions... Let be on, let's be honest, you're the person that at the end of the day will be losing. Asking those questions will only be beneficial for you yeah. and potentially for others because you might be able down the line to help other people because you have that knowledge, because you 
you were actually fearless and asked that question. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good one. And it's come up before, like that sense of curiosity. It goes to what you said, Jenny, about always learning as well, like always being a, you know, on the last episode, Lorna Dumba talks about opening the aperture, which is something I'm using all the time now. Open up the aperture of learning. What else can you kind of focus? Yeah. What other perspectives can you let in? So I think that's a, that's great, like really simple, but really key advice. Thank you, Bonnie. Kelly Jignesh, anything to add to that? Are we agreeing or are, do we have other great nuggets to share? Um, I don't know about training specifically, mm-hmm. about like, you know, like starting and training. But um, if you're doing anything, maybe like creative or creating something, and this is, you know, usually what you say to writers, but I feel like it can apply to a lot of creative things that you're doing or whatever you're creating, but it's kill your darlings, if you don't know what that what the concept is. Um, kill your darlings means, like, anything that you, like, really love, you know, this is very specifically for, like, writing, but, like, if you created, like, a character or something, but, like, maybe, like, sometimes in Confluence, if I'm, if there's just some little thing that I think looks really cool if it's not serving a real purpose if it's not furthering the story or whatever it is that you're creating then get rid of it like Mm. you don't try to keep it around just because you personally love it like just just get rid of it um one of my my screenwriting professors he said that the only reason a a scene should be in a script is if it's you know revealing vital information or progressing the the plot forward or if it's piss your pants funny, those are the mm. only reasons that you you should be keeping a scene and a script. And I feel like you can apply that to every every aspect of your life. That's interesting, <laughs> isn't it? It's almost like a, about economy, isn't it? You know, it's like anything. It's like we talk about in the presentation schools training. It's like we're avoiding fillers and waffle and going off a random tangent. Just keep focused on the purpose of what you're doing, whether it be writing, whether it be training, whether it be, I guess, anything really. Yeah, so I love that. Kill Your Darlings. I'm sure there's a book titled Kill Your Darlings. I know there's a song by Soul Wax called Kill Your Darlings, which is really good. <laughs> it's 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 a it's like definitely mm. like a, a writing uh, kind of rule. All right, want to investigate? Good advice. What about you, Jignesh? Uh, add to that. Yeah, just just want to add add to what Kelly and Bonnie said. Like it's it's a, like if you talk about like someone who wants to start into the training field, it's it's all about like putting your head into the the student's mind or basically putting your mind into like that space where your uh, trainees are sometimes we have we have seen that someone who's really like a great technical artist maybe a lead or a soup they just come and they start a session they like start training but it's really basically you need to get into that headspace of your audience and try and understand what they're expecting sometimes you're so technical you would just overrun through a tool you would do some things quickly assuming that it's so easy they should be knowing that but it's not the case. So getting as a teacher, as a trainer, just putting yourself in that headspace of your student really makes you understand that how should I go about it or how should I take it ahead? Yeah. So yeah, that, that speaks to your mentoring answer a little bit as well, doesn't it? About understanding the person you're teaching, being you know, yeah. almost seeing that person as a mentor as well. So you get to understand their perspective, walk in their shoes a bit to be able to kind of relate to them on a, on a meaningful level. So I think that's some, some great advice in their team. Love that. Really strong. Thank you. Um, okay. What's, this is a good one. And again, I, I might just pose it to all three of you, but we'll see how we get on with it, which is the, uh, the one question you wish I'd asked you. And if I did, how would you have answered it? So let's go, let's go, let's go round the, round the table, the virtual table, Kelly. Maybe, uh, if I wasn't doing this, what would I be doing? Ooh, that's a good question. Oh, 
I think in an alternate or like if my life had taken a different path, like when I was younger, I really loved to, I wanted to be a chef okay. when I was a lot younger. But if I had maybe stayed on that, I think maybe that's what I would have done. I think I would have been a chef. Uh, you've been watching The Bear recently, haven't you, as well? So you've been falling in love with uh, yeah. <laughs> I have. But my dad was always like, so my dad's like, you know, he's been working in food and, and is an amazing cook um, and uh, for, for a long time, had a whole career on it. But um, but I felt like any time I talked about this when I was younger, he was so discouraging. He's like, oh, that's a hard life. Yeah. That's just a, <laughs> like anything else would be like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. But you talk about about working in a in a kitchen like, oh, that's really hard i'm like you're not selling this Don't look at this <laughs> yes chef love it brilliant all right so so kelly would have been a chef in a former not former life a previous life or even a uh, an alternate yeah alternate universe so yeah excellent yeah, i didn't know that about you kelly interesting one for us to carry on offline for sure um jignesh what about you what do you wish i'd asked you what what were you desperate to talk about and i denied you the opportunity yeah i think this was one of the question which was there simon what kelly also mentioned about it the same like uh, if if not in training if not in vfx what else would i have been doing in mm-hmm. my career if i have to look at my young self back i would be doing something related to photography or maybe cinematography dop photography yeah maybe something related to that Okay, I love that. When you were saying that, I was thinking, I can't imagine Jignesh not working in visual effects. And you, then you talk about photography, and you go, oh, DOP. So I'm like, right back into visual effects again. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, good answer, good answer. Thank you, Jignesh. All right, you, Bonnie, what do you wish I'd asked you? What would you have loved to uh, wax lyrical about? I think the one question would be, what do I do to ensure work-life balance? Good one. Perfect. And what do you do? Because I know there's still a big topic out there yeah. because working Massive. from home and working in the office, ensuring that you have like that, that kind of distinct cut between work and, and you yeah. know, your other life. Because, yes, we have a life outside of work. Um, I think for me, this is something that is really important because even though if I work anytime, any day because of our, our time zone differences, I really try to do something it's it's basically a mental kind of activity where you can visualize you crossing the bridge when you're closing your computer and saying okay i'm just crossing that bridge and now this is my personal life and no longer my work life yeah so trying to distinctly cut your work life from your Mm. personal life so that way you can disconnect and basically kind of get refreshed a lot more and then be back at work the next day like fully amped up and, and motivated, but in full of energy. Yeah, it's creating really distinct boundaries, isn't it, between the you know, almost two different lives. Um, a lot of people used to, yeah. during the height of uh, COVID times, was they would literally do the commute to work, wouldn't they? They would, in the morning, they would leave the house, walk around the block, listen to exactly. something, and then they'd be at work and they'd do the same. At the end of the day, they'd put the laptop down and they'd leave the house and they'd walk around the block again and just get you mentally out of that kind of mindset of just constantly feeling like you're on the clock all the time. Yeah. But you're right. Mental health has come up a lot on the podcast as well. It's something that is very uh, rife, uh, more so now, I think, as we continue to adapt to kind of hybrid work and how working life will never be the same post-pandemic. So I think it's uh, it's really important to do that, uh, for sure. And we also have to keep in mind, Simon, that our team is global and we are collaborating and, uh, you know, working with the rest of our, like all of our offices, so basically, we're talking about a lot of different time zones mm-hmm. that we have to cover. So I think being in that healthy mental space is so important. Completely agree. Great answer. Uh, Jignesh, Kelly, what do you do to kind of uh, look after your your mental health or to make sure you take 
breaks to support your work-life balance. Do you have any tips to share in addition to Bonnie's? Oh, you know, it's funny. I was, because uh, I have a friend who works in nursing and she has to kind of like teach hmm. this type of class to um, to her nursing students. <laughs> and so she was asking for suggestions <laughs> from them and they were just like, um, like, does drinking count? <laughs> drinking <laughs> coffee. And she, she, and she was like, yeah, you know, that's a great answer. But also <laughs> maybe going for a walk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, so, but yeah, I do like to actually, I, I like to um, like walk my dog. No, oh, nice. And um, maybe like sit outside, um, going to the gym uh, can, can be stress relieving. Hmm. But uh, recently I've been reading a lot. And uh, that's been a great way to have like, like me time and and do something that can kind of um, take me away and, and 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 put me into something else for a while. Nice, good, good answer. Are you fiction or nonfiction, Kelly? I've been reading both, but honestly, I mean, I like I like fiction. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Get lost in those worlds. Cool. Thank you, Kelly. What about you, Jignesh? What's your uh, go-to support? Yeah, it's it's usually like hanging around with friends, uh, me- meeting them, and like it's also like one of my friend. He's also into music, and mm-hmm. I uh, used to play guitar a lot. Uh, there was a time in college, so one of my friend he sings well. He he learns singing like classical singing in like Indian classical singing. So sometimes we hang out together, and then he would hum a certain piece of song or like a Bollywood song, and I would play a guitar. So Ooh, that's nice. that's yeah, that's really a stress buster for me. And in Mumbai, there are a lot of places to hang around. So yeah, going around with friends, hanging around different places. That's that's one of the way I relax on my weekend. And of course, I have two lovely daughters. Of course. Yeah. You can't just hang around with your guitar on street corners. You know, you've got to spend time with the family, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> family. Yeah. They are my like recharger, I can say. My energy boosters, both my daughters. Yeah, I love spending time with them. Oh, lovely answer. I, I forgot you play guitar as well. That's uh, such an interesting facet to your personality. And yeah. you're one of those kind of cool people that can just pick up a guitar anywhere and just start strumming away and in the early hours. Yeah, I love it. Sitting by, yeah, going back to the Barbie yeah, thing at the end of Barbie, but no spoilers, of course. But yeah, sit by the campfire. No. Yeah. no, wicked. Love it. Love it. Great, great example. Nice balance between, yeah, absolutely family and actually doing stuff for you, which I think is so important too. So, so we're coming to the end now, folks. Uh, and this is where I do my research. I like to kind of get names to be able to kind of target to get on the Frame Store podcast every two weeks. So I'd like to hear from you as to who you'd like to hear on the podcast. Not necessarily the next episode, but in the future. Let's segue to Kelly. Kelly, who would you like to hear on the podcast? This, this feels like that. Um, like it's been about ten years now, but that that uh, challenge that was going around on Facebook, that ALS challenge, where you like oh, yeah, have a yeah, bucket yeah. of ice on your head and then you like nominate somebody else <laughs> to do that. <laughs> I'm going to nominate Alan Newitt because he's somebody that I talk to a lot and works on a lot of the tools for the business, and I, and it would be interesting to hear him talk about you know how they develop the tools that people are are using every day i knew it okay alan if you're listening i'm sure he's a regular listener we'll get him on <laughs> very soon watch this space thank you kelly what about you jignesh who would you like to hear on the pod um since i've been hearing podcasts i mean i had this in my mind i would love to have you like as oh, a as a no. guest on the podcast yeah you know what you you've been such an amazing host which such you have such an energetic personality you have like with so much of positive vibes you have oh, i would really love to have like listen to you as as a guest on a podcast and uh yeah, going through so all these questions that you always keep on asking, like lovely questions that you have for people. I would like to have your answers on. Yeah, 
Oh, cheers, Jignesh. But you might have to be the host thing, so we'd have to find a host as well. So I don't know who you'd nominate as the host to uh, oh, me in the hot seat. Yeah. So Bonnie, who have you got? Who would you like to hear on the pod? Yeah, so I'm going to go with VFX supervisor Laureline Silan, ah. uh, who is one of the, like, the only female in her job within actually the world. There's not a mm. lot of VFX supervisors, like female VFX yeah. supervisors. Like if, if I keep that kind of link to the coaching element, for me, I think she is uh, really inspiring for young people that really want to go in that industry. Yeah, no, just as she, yeah, exactly. We need more female VFX suits in the industry, don't we, as well? So Definitely. that's inspiring in itself, let alone, I'm sure she's incredible to speak to and be a brilliant guest. So yeah, another a, a excellent addition to to the podcast, except mine, of course. I'll forget about that. I'll get, I'll get around to that, Jignesh, eventually. But yeah, brilliant. Honestly, really, really good. Thank you. So that brings us neatly, even ne- more neatly, because I said neatly earlier, to the end of the podcast. But I'm not letting you go until I ask you our fun pairing questions. And the first one is, and this is why people listen to the Framestore podcast, really, is if you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Mm-hmm. I'm going to start with I'm going to start with Kelly because I'm sure Bonnie's still thinking about it. Not bagels, all right? We've talked about bagels already. So, Kelly, what's the one meal you could exist on for the rest of your days? What would it be? This is so hard. And I've, I've thought about this before. Yeah, of course. Just be, like before listening to this podcast. Because like if you've ever seen Old Boy and then yeah. he has to eat like those um, dumplings for like for, for, for like forever. And I'm like, what is something that I could have like been okay eating every day? Um I, you know, like, I'm just gonna say pizza, because I'm, oh, I'm like, a, I, I, I do love pizza. And, um, and, but it has to be like New York pizza. And I don't live in New York. I live in Florida, and we do not have good pizza. <laughs> and I've been deprived, but I just like pizza. So I will still get it pretty regularly. I'll just, that's, that's what I'm gonna have to say, or maybe grilled cheese. It's but. a great choice. <laughs> I mean, pizza is a no brainer, isn't it? I mean, I, I mean, I've been, I've been lucky enough to travel to uh, the New York, when I used to work with the mill, I used to go to New York for slot and I used to get this place called Salucci's, which used to do the most incredible, you know, do the square pizza rather than the round one. I forget what the name of that piece is called. It's a square one and it's like a oh, farmer's just, pizza. It's a square pizza. No, it's, something, it's called something which called, it's New York. I don't know, you order your square pizza. It's got a real name to put cool name. Anyway, uh, pizza, yes. But what kind of pizza? You can't just say pizza because that's almost a cheat answer. Oh, pizza could um, be any pizza. So what's the... You got to pick your toppings. If I had to eat it like every day, I would just be good with cheese, just cheese pizza. Just, che- just cheese. Yeah. No tomato on there. Yes, just cheese. Just cheese pizza. pizza. Okay, now no, no judgment here. Well, I mean, there would be sauce on it. Do I got to list all the ingredients? Oh no, okay, but I thought so you might want to go for a more interesting. And then we're gonna have some, <laughs> some sauce, sauce on some it. flour, <laughs> and then we got some, 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 eggs some stuff. mozzarella cheese. Yeah, like I. <laughs> okay, I thought you might want to jazz it up a bit. I mean, you're, you're eating this for the rest of your days, Kelly. Come on. Yeah, if I'm gonna eat it forever, then I don't necessarily want pepperoni every day or sausage every day. Like I'm just mm. like, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna eat cheese. Like I maybe I could just eat cheese every day. Just a lump of cheese. <laughs> just give Kelly a lump of cheese. Just a lump just of chew cheese. on that for the rest of your <laughs> life. <laughs> well, a great answer. Cheese pizza from Kelly Jignesh. What are you going for? Is it out of the uh, Framestore Mumbai canteen, or is it something a bit more interesting? I was about to tell you, Simon. It's a very tough question because 
the my, my taste buds have got to like have already gotten the treat of all the taste and like everybody is bragging about the cafeteria and the canteen we have in mumbai so it's difficult to yeah like stick to one but i know if the question is about like sticking to one food it it would be sandwiches i think yeah uh, ve- ve- vegetarian like since i'm vegetarian so veg sandwiches yeah grilled or toast or just veg sandwiches and wow. yeah love to try anything which is there on a subway menu I, i've never been more disappointed in an answer than right now <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting like some wonderful kind of fragrant Indian dish, and you go with sandwiches. Dinesh, come on, yeah. right? But no, it's your answer. You're, you're entitled to it. I'm only joking. Um, so, uh, so I bet, you know, what would be in the sandwich? That's some vegetables, cheese. I mean, are we, are we keeping the cheese theme going here? What's yeah, a bit veg, vegetables, veg, veg sandwich, a vegetable sandwich. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Okay. So we've got cheese. Pizza. Bonnie, you need to make really, you need to finish on a high. This is not a tough act to follow. We've got cheese pizza, a sandwich with vegetables. Vegetable sandwich. Yeah. Move those to one side. We're not interested in those. Bonnie, what are you having? What's the big, what's the big dish? Yeah. So, so the thing is like, I have two dishes, but like the first one, I would get tired of it. So sushi, I, I get tired of eating sushi at some point. Okay. But I would say, like, I'm going to go with Kelly. Not not the plain, you know, pizza, but, okay, the pizza from Naples. So the pizza from the Napoli mm-hmm. area yeah. in Italy, the crust is to die for. I'm a pizza fan. I eat pizzas everywhere I go because yeah. I love it. But these pizza are so light. The topping doesn't matter. I've eaten, like, Pesto pizza, pizza with prosciutto on it, sausages, like a lot of different things. But seriously, it's all about the crust. The crust changes everything. It's like kind of buttery, melting. Ah, I've honestly eaten. Yeah, it is. It's mouth watering when you see it. And, And when I went to Italy last year, seriously, I was not expecting this. I ate pizza for most of my trip. Uh, simply because, again, I've eaten New York pizza, which is great. The pizzas from Napoli you or, or the surroundings, mm. you can just eat it forever. Yeah, pizza from Italy, man. Yeah, I've had pizza in Sicily and it was, yeah, similar, just incredible. Yeah, you could just have the simplest of toppings. Yeah. Okay, so we've got two, two answers for pizza, one slightly better than the other. And vegetable sandwiches. <laughs> Thank you, training team. You're doing you so well. You don't know what you're talking about. New York sells pizza is the best. <laughs> All you need is, is cheese. Is. I agree, Kelly. Is All best. you need is cheese. That's it. Um, so finally, finally, it's uh, thanks to our, our wonderful colleague, Sergio Gonzalez. We have the final question, which is when you have deep work to do, because I know we don't listen to music all day, but when you're doing your deep work, when you're writing curriculum, when you're in the weeds of the kind of confluence and the work that we're doing, what music do you listen to while you work? So as a, there are three of you, I'm going to ask you for a track each that we're going to add to the Framestore Daily Spotify playlist. So Jignesh, give us a track that we can put as track one on the playlist when we launch this episode. What's it going to be? Yeah, it's it's a tough one for someone like a music lover like me. But um, I, I, yeah, as, as you said, Simon, like I don't really listen to music very often while I'm working. But when I'm writing or when I'm like deep in work on something like that, um, one of the artists, uh, which is very famous in India, he's uh, one of the singer, I'll say a male singer, Arijit Singh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listen to his song. Like I would list, open like Spotify and maybe just open his playlist and listen to his songs so yeah it's like 
Arijit Singh, uh, Arijit artist, Singh. one of the yeah. male singer, yeah, uh, Hollywood, who are quite famous. He's, yeah, so I listen to his song a lot. Okay, so you're gonna have to send me one song. You'd have to choose it now. But we need one Arijit Singh song that we want on the pod. I I can share yeah I can share you the link yeah. Simon is it right? I like a teaser because listeners has to have to just they have to actually you know log on to Spotify to listen to whatever song you've chosen okay amazing thank you Jinesh for that answer what about you Bonnie what song is going to get on the the playlist forever that's a tough one because there's no one song like that's happened yeah. for years since I've worked at Frame Store is I'm on YouTube people uh, it's called the Good Life Radio so basically it's relax house like house music that just mm-hmm. goes on and it gives a beat and it keeps you quite upbeat instead of like having those highs and lows it's just okay. kind of upbeat there i can try to find you a track that i really like okay good life on youtube i check that out but i'm gonna have to dig a bit more into this no worries okay so watch this space we're gonna get a nice happy house track from uh from bonnie what about you kelly what's uh what what, what can we expect to see on the playlist from you um, I can't listen to music while I'm working, like not even when I'm in deep work, because it's just like, I'm just so easily distracted. And like the times that I will try to listen to music, I don't know, like I need, I need like a, a bit of silence to really do um, things that I'm trying to concentrate on. But if I, I'm kind of feeling like I need to maybe like take a break or like let loose or something, like I, I'll start singing songs to musicals. Okay. Each to their own. <laughs> I used to do a lot of theater so like I'll start singing musical songs I will not write I'm not going to give a musical recommendation though I feel like people will be offended but I will but I'll say like as an alternative if you want to just like start belting something you can't go wrong with I will survive all right I love it that's a really great song yeah the original or the uh, the cake uh, cover no <laughs> the, the yeah the Gloria Gaynor one yeah of course <laughs> Brilliant. What an eclectic playlist we've got there. Awesome. All right. Well, I'll await Jignesh's and Bonnie's tracks, so do send them across. And that brings us neatly to the end of part two of our our episode 32, our training team special. How are you feeling? That was a great episode, folks. I really enjoyed that. That was wonderful, guys. Yeah. Awesome. So before we go, I'm going to uh, ask you, is there anything that you want to plug, shout out, coming soon? Is there anything people should watch out for from the mighty frame store training team yes i have been hosting mini workshops for confluence i also host q a sessions the mini workshops take place during some of those q a sessions and i encourage everybody to that's interested in working more in confluence to attend because uh both janesh and i um in our respective time zones mm-hmm. yeah. are uh are delivering some good content here on some valuable information and and tips on working and confluence and how to use the tools in fact later today although i know this this will air afterwards but today um after this after this recording i'm going to be hosting another one and we're going to be talking about uh how to search effectively at confluence brilliant love that beautifully put it's like you've you've slightly like plugged that before kelly brilliant <laughs> and where can people find out about these workshops i assume directly through confluence you can um find this information on the landing page of confluence we we mention it in our training newsletters that we send every month but um but if you want to find the schedule of topics and uh, when to attend that's going if you go to the landing page on confluence go down to upcoming training 
you'll see the Confluence mini workshops link that will take you to the blog that has uh, the information on our schedule of topics. Amazing. Great. Good plug. Nice work, Kelly. Thank you. What about you, Bonnie? Anything coming soon? Anything you want to shout about? Get on people's radar? Yeah, we are uh, going to share and like external uh, drawing sessions that are external to Framestore um, that are locally based, but we're also going to create some of those drawing sessions internally to Framestore. Nice. So don't hesitate if you're internal to Framestore, don't hesitate to join our sessions and be part of this amazing activity. Wicked. Thank you, Bonnie. And Jignesh, last but not least, anything you want to shout about and the work you're doing? Yeah, it's uh, as, as Kelly also mentioned about it, like uh, we're we hosting a lot of workshops. They are all there in the behavioral and the technical section on the landing page if you scroll down a little bit. So keep an eye on that. Uh, and whenever you feel like, please feel free to join it. Uh, and yeah, if anybody wants to host any kind of sessions internally in, 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 in Mumbai, please don't hesitate to come and talk to me, chat, email. Mm. I would love to support your team. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, well, thank you, folks. Uh, I will say use our new Jira ticketing system if you have a request. I think that's probably a good shout. Where can people find, how do people get access to the Jira ticketing system? You can actually, um, if you're putting in a ticket, if you want to put in a, in, in a request on the Confluence landing page again, um, there okay. is a little button that says get help at the top. Yes. So that will take you right to the help portal. Love that. Look at that. Call to action. Any good podcast has a call to action at the end. And there you have it. Call to action. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything else. I could. I could talk about the mentoring program and all that, but I'm not because people have bored of me talking about that. So I think that's come full circle across these two, uh, these two parts. We started talking about the Confluence on Monday. We ended on Thursday still talking about Confluence. <laughs> what a brilliant arc we've just been on. Um, thank you, Jignesh. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you, Kelly. Um, you've done the training team proud. I think what a great episode. What a great conversation. We've got to understand a bit more about what we do. Hopefully, it will drive a bit more traffic to Confluence. People get more engaged with the work we're doing. And more importantly, people are just learn a bit more about the three of you, particularly your uh, dietary choices. So there's lots of follow-up <laughs> conversations to network on and build on. But with that in mind, I'm going to end the podcast there. Thank you all for being part of it. And uh, I'll see you at a team meeting in the near future. Thank you. Thank you, Simon. Thank you for having us. Well, that concludes this week's special episode with the Framestore training team. That was a fun recording session. A massive thank you to Kelly, Jignesh and Bonnie for agreeing to come on the podcast, both in terms of what they brought to the episode and their willingness to join the recording despite their range of differing time zones. And as always, a big shout out to Sam Sosnowski from the Global Training Team for another fantastic edit. In just two weeks' time, we return with another inspiring conversation with another member of our global Framestore community. Until then, take care and thanks for listening.